The New Age Christianity Podcast is brought to you by Hello, New Age Christian family. This is Austin Fletcher. You are listening to the New Age Christian Podcast, and this is episode number 19. Today, Kayleen Hale is with us in the studio again, and she's back for an awesome discussion about the value of darkness. So tell me something. Have you ever considered the value that darkness plays in the universe and in your life? For instance, if you look up at the stars at night and you see how beautiful they are and all those little shining sparkling lights staring back at you, do you realize the only reason you can see them is because they're surrounded by darkness? If light was the only thing in the sky like it is in the daytime, you don't get to see the contrast that darkness gives you. The same thing applies to your life and the circumstances that present themselves to you. And in today's discussion, we're hoping you can get some nuggets on how you can better utilize this awesome tool. Hello, New Age Christian family. How are you doing? Today, we are going to talk about a subject that you may not really consider um, diving into because it can be a bit dark, (laughs) pun intended. But um, today I have Kaylee here with me again, and uh, we just recently did a episode with her on what it is to be a New Age Christian, and it was the previous phone call that we had together, a text I think you sent me, and you said, hey, we should do an episode on the value of darkness, which in most people's worlds, that kind of text message would be like, what? But since we're New Age Christians, we kind of live in the world of oxymorons and um yeah the value of darkness so i am curious kaylee oh by the way you should probably say hello hi thanks for having me again (laughs) so why did you send me that text and what do you mean okay so um i sent this text while i was going through i don't want to say depression because it wasn't very long a depressed state of mind is what i probably put it at it's usually for me when my reality doesn't fit my beliefs. Right. Um, so I'm living at a lower state of being that I believe I'm at. And it really hit me about uh, a couple days into this state of mind that I had had a conversation with Christopher Teasdale, mm-hmm. somebody that Austin promises will be on here someday. <laughs> and he had shared his testimony with me. I don't have time to go into what it was, but... It had a lot of hurt and dark times in it, but he had said that it brought him to the person who he was and that it made him uh, value his life for where it's at now. Hmm. And so he taught me the value of understanding darkness and how that brings out the positive or the light, if you want. And so for me, when I was in that very upset state, it was really... uh, peaceful or peace bringing to remember that this was a time of growth this was a time to um, test my knowledge test my skills against reality hey I've been saying I believe this hey I've been saying I know this now here's a chance for me to live it right 
Now you said uh, there was a nugget in there right at the very beginning. I'm going to have you unpack it a bit. You said when my life doesn't reflect my beliefs. Yes. That's when you, you start to feel whatever it was you were feeling or mm -hmm. any versions of that. Can you unpack that a little bit? Well, something that I know that you've talked about a little bit is uh, that your life is a perfect reflection of what you believe. I know that we talked about that a little bit in our last podcast together. Mm -hmm. But uh, I've been on this journey for uh, about a year and a half now of unpacking the beliefs that I have, good and negative, and changing the ones that don't agree with my future goals or who I want to be, or being in that state of being, or I am this. And there's multiple ways of doing that, and mm -hmm. Belief IQ uh, is definitely a great method, and one of the ones I use the most. Um, but in that, I have learned to believe that I am successful, and that I'm powerful, and that I build healthy, happy relationships, and that I impact people and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Whereas in that moment, I was really living in my reality where I just work part-time at Starbucks and I don't see a future for myself there. Um, as great of a company it is, it doesn't fit in with what my dreams are. Right. And was struggling making meaningful relationships with people around me, not because they weren't great or anything, but a lot of beliefs don't line up with theirs. It's, you can only go so deep with somebody that still believes in sin impacting them. Right. Or, you know, um, the end of the world is coming soon or stuff like that, that we're sinners. Which is, okay, everyone's at a different place in their journey, but it, it almost feels like that age gap. Or that, you know, where your different experiences sometimes having a hard time getting on the same level. Sure. So it wasn't that life was bad it wasn't reflecting what i knew i could be or what i knew i am and so yeah and to drill down there in just a second the so we're going to be doing different modules on newagechristianity.org where there will be classes that go more in depth to a lot of different things not the least of which is the creative process in the individual right and this creative process of you mentioned belief IQ. There's other concepts like psyche or emotion code or body code. <laughs> They're all versions to me of what is known as prayer. This really crazy concept where Jesus says, when you pray, believe that you have what you've asked for and it shall be given to you. And so the whole point of any creative process in humanity is to create what it is that you want and to manifest your creative power as a child of God, as a God that we previously mentioned. Now, if you want to know how that works and all the details, you know, in some at some point you can take the class, but in in a just a brief introduction to that concept, if you want to know what you really believe, look at your life. You know, people go, "Well, I'm not sure what I believe about this or I'm not sure what I believe about that." That's fine. You don't have to consciously know what you believe about it. Just look at your life. And your life is a perfect reflection back to you. It is the mirror that says, for whatever reason, Kaylee, in this case, you hold a lot of common beliefs of the same people that you work with because you work with them. Their life also reflects employment at Starbucks, right? Now, there might be others, other beliefs, right? so no, beliefs aren't necessarily one-to-one. -one. Energetically, you know you can hold opposing beliefs in the same spot. 
you can hate someone and love someone energetically, but in the physical, you have to manifest one or the other, right? Because physical is inside of time and space. And so you cannot, your life cannot reflect opposing beliefs. It, it, it does, it, your life reflects a hierarchy and the ones that you need to fix. But internally, what seems like, well, I believe both of these things are, well, in the end, if you want to know what the real ones are, you look at the physical because the physical can't overlap. You can't love in someone and hate someone. You can't, you know, you can't, <laughs> you can't be married to someone and not married to someone at the same time. You have to, you have to pick. And that is why the physical is that perfect reflection. To me, that leads kind of right into the, one of the two major values of darkness. And that is the value of darkness being a, a framework for light. The other major value for darkness, and we're going to go over both of these in a little bit more detail, um, is obviously growth, which is what I think mostly what you wanted to talk about, right? Just a little bit. <laughs> so let's start with growth, and then we can get into framing uh, with whatever time we have left. So what is, I mean, what are your thoughts on that? What did you want to share? Oh, wow. This is such a, uh, a vast concept, personally, I think. But the I guess the place that I'd like to start is um, you can just really see that when um, bad stuff happens, you know, you're living that personal hell, <laughs> mm. that that's when it's the opportunity to either get it together or fail. It's that, that make or break moment. It's mm -hmm. a lot of times for this kind of stuff. Or um, when the best the best to see these examples is when you're looking back. Perspective on that. Right. <laughs> is there's so many things that, for me, I look back, like, for the longest time, I was living in this almost state of mind that I was upset with my parents. They are phenomenal people. Um, Austin knows them personally, and they they really put so much energy and effort into being good parents and they really took it their roles very seriously but in any case in anything you can always find issues with stuff and you can sure. always get hurt and always other stuff like that so that's very much the case with me wasn't so much that they ever intentionally tried to hurt something hurt me or intentionally ever try to do anything it was more of the unintentional stuff that growing up with them as my parents i accidentally learned to believe or stuff like that sure but it really hit me during christmas actually right before christmas when i had a conversation with my mom on actually how much i valued my childhood how much i valued them because it created the person that i am now that it pushed me to um, gain different relationships, different perspectives. I always felt stupid and I felt like my parents unintentionally played into that and never um, pushed me to go to college or pushed me to pursue more education. But in that, I learned to find people who were living what I wanted to live and follow them and learn from them. So I didn't go that traditional route of going to college, but I found people like Austin that I could mm. be like, hey, tell me your secrets. Show me how to live life. Give give me your time. Right. Um, 
And thankfully, this this amazing guy was like, okay. Uh, and because of that, I really grew and really learned. And for years, I held one area of a very dark part of my childhood in one spot. And now perspective, looking at back and going, that's the reason I growed. That's the grew. <laughs> <laughs> that, I love it. That's the reason that I'm where I'm at in my life currently. That's the reason that I know you and I'm doing this podcast today. Right. So I'm very thankful for all the bad stuff that happened, all that anger, all that frustration, all that darkness that I was in because it caused me to take a different route, to grow a different way, to, to find something else that would work when I thought I was trapped. Right. That's one of my favorites. Um, you ever, have I ever told you this? We've had so many conversations about the trees in in the original biosphere uh, experiment. Is that the one with the wind? Yes. So I'm going to tell everyone else, but okay. you've heard it. So I believe it's the original. There was biosphere one and biosphere two. And biosphere two, I believe there might be some historical inaccuracies, but this even if it's a complete lie, it's a good story. Um, so... That uh, one of the lessons they learned from Biosphere 1 is that they had uh, these fruit trees, large fruit trees, in the biosphere. And as they got more and more mature and they began to bear fruit, they found that the tree started falling over. They couldn't figure out why, as once they got fruit, why would the trees fall over? And what they realized was that inside the biosphere there was no wind. And that the trees actually get stronger and become more stable by actually having adversity, having the wind that they have to stand against. And so there's a few amazing analogies about how that all works. But one of the another one of my uh, favorite current uh, communicators, um, Kerwin Ray, uh, he did a quick little five minute Facebook live thing where he just he had a moment of insight that he was sharing with some people and that is and it was essentially the value of darkness and he used the the example of being overwhelmed he's like he, and he talked about you know when you're overwhelmed realize if you can switch your mind and instead of letting it kill you if you can realize wow this is a good moment this is a good moment for me that you realize you're you're hitting the edges of your capacity as an individual and you are essentially, and, he, and that's where he came up with this, uh, th- that where he mentioned like the rubber band, like your capacity as an individual, you, you, you stretch and you hit the edges of who you are. And then there's always a little bit of a spring back, right? Yes, the spring back. So you, you become something new and you become something more and, and you stretched, you get out, you hit your edges, you hit your overwhelm and then boom, you break into something that you wish you had been the whole time. And then there's the, what happens after that? And I'd like some of your stories on some of that, if you're willing to share them, Kaylee. Oh, sure. Um, it was funny. We were just having a conversation just like two days ago when we, we went and saw a movie mm-hmm. we were hanging out and I ended up having two separate, uh, for instance, is in the last two or three weeks where um, I can give one specifically where my husband, who for me, I think is one of the most intelligent men I've ever met and his insight on business and people is just incredible. 
Um, if you ever have a chance to sit down and talk to him about it, I highly suggest you do. He will blow your mind. Um, <laughs> we and, love you, Ron. <laughs> and I can only say that because I've had my mind blown by Austin. So it, it truly lives up to the hype <laughs> of blowing your mind. The definition. <laughs> but um, my husband um, was encouraging me. And I'm not much of a words of affirmation person, but he was just affirming me with his words. And he ended up telling me that I was the smartest person he ever met or ever known. And, and it truly meant the world to me because for so many years I struggled with believing in myself in any kind of intelligent way. I thought it was stupid. So I lived my life that way. So being on this journey and working on beliefs and different stuff, I had seen a lot of progress in believing in myself. But when he said it, the person in the world that I value most, mm -hmm. being my husband, you know, um, it took me to my all time high, like emotionally, like I've never felt so high. Mm -hmm. And then that very night I had a nightmare that brought me to my very lowest where it was going back to school, going back to, and it, it was a dream about a couple family members and a couple people that were like family um, from my childhood, all of phenomenal people, but in this role, they were taking me down. They were intentionally making sure I failed. They were intentionally in my dream, <laughs> um, doing this to me. And I had never, and I woke up feeling the most inadequate I had ever felt. And I'm like, how is it that I go from one high to the lowest I've ever been. Mm. And then when Austin was talking about that, that bounce back, that was like, I just hit my highest. So it took me down to my lowest. But if I'm really being real with myself, I like to say the lowest I've ever been. But is that actually the lowest I've ever been? Because I had the feeling of inadequacy and I felt it very strongly but it wasn't the place that I used to believe that. Right. Because there was a, a very long period of my life where I lived in that state. So now I just got brought back to the feelings and the frustrations of it, but it wasn't the lowest I've ever been. So if that's my new low, that's incredible. But right. now having that perspective, thankfully Austin enlightened me with the rubber band effect <laughs> because I did go from a very high high to this very extreme low in a, you know, less than a 24 hour period. And it was very frustrating going. I just felt like I could take on the world to, I'm not sure if I want to get out in the bed of the morning. Like, like you know, Starbucks now seems way too difficult to deal with. <laughs> one of the, one interesting thing that, and you've largely been someone that's really drawn my attention to this truth. And that is when you do the work to change who you are, you're becoming a different person. And so when you, especially if you're doing things like Psyche or Belief IQ or Emotion Code, where you're doing literally energetic changes on a spirit soul level, you wake up, you've lived for however many years as somebody who believed these things and carried a frequency and a vibration of these things. And then if you do certain mechanisms like those that can literally change you in five minutes, right? You do enough of that, like you do enough of that work all at once where you're doing three or four sessions a week and you're just cranking through life change and life change and life change and life change and then you stop, right? <laughs> and it's like you look in the mirror and you don't even know who you are 
because you are such a different person so fast that I believe one of the reasons that that rubber band effect is even more exacerbated by in this kind of life is because those stretches are so far so fast that when you do bounce back and you do have that moment it's it's so much energy that's now just gone and it's now just missing that all you have is the memory of what it was right and that memory without the supporting energy is is this weird amalgamation of it's super strong and super painful yet at the same time it has no basis and so there's almost like this added element of like why do I feel this? I shouldn't feel this. It's like, it doesn't make sense anymore. Before, when you felt like crap, and it's who you were, you're like, well, I know why I feel this, because I'm X, Y, and Z. And now you're like, well, I feel like crap. I don't feel like I'm that person. And it makes it this really like, what is going on right now? Is that, I mean, is that just me? No, no, I yeah. totally get it. Um, I know just like a week or two ago, I did... Um my language has balanced, but I, I realigned a belief, so I took a negative and I turned it to a positive using Belief IQ. I know you have a specific language for it. I'm not catching it on. It's I'm all <laughs> And, like, I, I felt it in t- instantaneously. I was bawling. Like, um, it was the most just, like, life-changing. And I, I remember telling my husband, because he was there, and, of course, I'm bawling, so he's trying to, like, help. And I was like, Ron, I don't know how to live life. I don't know who I am now. Like, mm-hmm. I just changed something that I... It was a simple change in, like, if you look at the energy it took to do. Like, it took a while, but, like, it probably only took, like, 10, 15 minutes. And I just completely rocked my own world. Mm. Like, to the point where I'm like, I don't even know how I feel about things anymore. I know, like, I was recently telling you that, like, something I had been okay with not having for 20-something years of my life, I'm all of a sudden not okay with it. And so that's an area now I can look into, all because I went and messed with one area of belief. Right. Well, it's, it's the pruning concept, right? So, you know, we think, okay, so uh, trees do best when they're pruned and taken care of, especially fruit trees. But the first step is removing uh, an entire freaking branch, right? And you're like, I hope that grows back next year. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> I have fruit trees and like every year I'm like, I don't want to cut these. Like, it's just, it's like so counterintuitive to, no, become bigger and better. And yet you realize there has to be this moment. And it's almost like reverse over band where it's like, okay, we're just going to lop this off. And then it's going to bounce back. Changing who you are on an energetic level, on a belief level, and an emotional level, that's how you make natural change. And that growth process is so incredibly personalized, right? And it's seasons and it's and what it is that you're going through that it can carry a lot of darkness in those moments. It can carry so much darkness in it. And at the end of these, at the end of the podcast, we're kind of going to, we have kind of a major point we want to encourage you to adopt as a view of life. But in the meantime, if you can start to understand the role of darkness a bit, then there is a perspective that you can have about it that we believe exponentially speeds up your growth process. Oh, most certainly. Like your story, like you can sit there and wallow in it, or you can turn around and go, wait. 
you know, what do I do? Let's do a podcast on darkness. <laughs> Let's make this better. Um, the other piece of, of darkness is, and I mentioned earlier, is kind of the, the, the value. So it can help you grow, right? Mm-hmm. Pruning, you, you know, fire, you know, refiners, fire, uh, the, the wind in the biosphere, those different analogies. Clearly, darkness holds value for journey. And it's interesting if you are, if you're one of those people that like tries to avoid pain, I would just encourage you to, to reconsider the value of that pain and and we'll unpack it a bit, but I keep alluding towards the overall point and it's a good one. So (laughs) why don't you just uh, put to your, uh, (laughs) you want to do perspective and then we can give them the overall point. Yeah. So the other value of darkness is to is to give you perspective on a very natural level clearly it's you know i wouldn't know what a loving relationship was if i didn't have experience with non-loving relationships or i wouldn't know what feeling good was if i didn't know what feeling bad was you know and i've i actually spent quite a bit of time with a community of people that did not believe you needed darkness to frame light. It's the yin and the yang. And and it comes from a well-meaning kind of spiritual religious idea that um, darkness is all evil and darkness is all bad and that darkness eventually will be destroyed. <laughs> okay. And to that end, if, if you go a bit more philosophical, tonight, when you after you're done listening to this podcast, tonight, go outside and look up at the stars. And realize that if darkness wasn't the predominant color if that's a color shade (laughs) uh, if darkness wasn't the predominant essence that you were seeing in the sky you would have no clue where the stars were where each star is literally framed by darkness and so that the light that is there actually only has context in the fact that it's surrounded by a lack of light. And this is true philosophically, and yes, that's this nice picture of the stars, but it is absolutely true in life. If you will allow yourself to view it differently. For me, the the value, so I, I, I did an episode on Jesus, and I don't know if I mentioned in that episode that I have a yin and yang necklace. You did. I did. just listened to it today. So. Nice. so I mentioned, okay, so I have a yin and yang necklace and it has become my version of wearing a cross around my neck. Are you wearing it right now? Actually, I'm not. <laughs> I went and got a haircut and I took it off. So uh, it is my version of wearing a cross around my necklace because the yin and yang to me is Jesus. Because Jesus is logic. And we cannot experience heaven properly if there is no perspective of it. To experience an amazing relationship with your parents. If you, we've all met those people that like, you know, people with a silver spoon in their mouth, right? Who have never had to work a day in their life and who don't, who have no clue how, what hard work is or any of that. The reason they don't is because they don't have a, they don't, it hasn't been framed for them, right? They have only the, the quote unquote good. And in a way, what happens when 
that when when a silver spoon person ends up having to not I don't know they don't get their favorite sports car for their birthday literally the slightest little bit of darkness that shows up suddenly it's this overwhelming like and you get that spoiled tantrum or you get I mean this may be a very bad example but people who live in this amazingly beautiful state in you know in their health right and all of a sudden they they get a splinter and it's like this earth-shattering moment and yet you look at those other people that literally have no the one guy who's got no arms and no legs and is like traveling the world as a motivational speaker I guess the other perspective that I I guess I have seen is a lot of people who've gone through I guess hell and become addicted to like drugs or marijuana or like pain numbers mm-hmm. that and I understand that there's times that you want to numb the pain and I'm not trying to condemn anyone but because of that they're stunting their emotional growth they're stunting the, I mean, we know a lot of people who have, I mean, to lack of a nicer word, potheads. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot of times where you're like, well, they're great, but it's it's kind of sometimes like talking to a child. Mm-hmm. You're you're having to explain concepts over and simpler, and it's not because they're lacking intelligence or anything's wrong with them. It's just that they've got so used to dulling it and not being able to deal with darkness that they can't get through a day without help. Right. I mean, same with alcohol and mm-hmm. other stuff. It, Often cigarettes. People need that hit to kind of stay up. And, stay, and yeah. it's not that we're trying to condemn someone or no. anything like that. Because, I mean, everybody has their thing or had their thing. I know for a long time in my life, my escape was like movies and stories and anything I could to... Sure. Uh, stop facing my own reality and find a new one to <laughs> enjoy for a short period of time and get a high from that. But in that, you miss an opportunity to grow. You miss an opportunity to learn. And a lot of people don't realize that if you take that moment and feel the pain and let the darkness actually teach you something, that the next time that happens again, it's not going to hurt the same way. Mm-hmm. You're actually learning from it. You're growing from it. And it just doesn't hit you the same way. You, yeah. You've already experienced it. So the next time it comes to you, you're going, well, I know how to deal with this. It's not putting me out of my comfort zone. It's not hurting me the same way. I know how to deal with the situation. Uh, for me, it would be like the first time being yelled at a customer. Like, you, you know, you're mm-hmm. in that customer service. The first time being yelled at how you react and how you're like terrified and traumatized versus like the seventh time, the 12th time, the 13th time you're like, Oh, I got this. Like you're upset. I can deal with this. I can diffuse the situation before it even escalates. Mm -hmm. Like I know how to handle this because I've learned and grown from that first time where I pretty much like deer in the headlights. Now I'm going, (laughs) Hey, you're having a problem. I will not only help you, I will, like, stop what I'm doing, save my coworker, and, like, get the situation handled. Right. Now, that is a specified example of the first time you dealt with that, quote-unquote, you know, let's call it darkness, right? <laughs> the, the angry customer is right. darkness, right? Very. And the first time you did, it was this earth-shattering, right? And then you get used to it. Uh-huh. Now, 
going up, up to the to the highest level, and I want to get to this quote unquote end point so that we can unpack it a bit. What if you viewed darkness itself as being a good thing? What if you just became an expert in dealing with darkness in general? Like, what if you became capable of the moment something shows up? You don't go, you don't, you don't let it destroy you. You actually view it and you've become the type of person that looks at that as an opportunity, looks at that and goes, oh yes, oh yes, a crappy day. Here we go. You know? I mean, I thankfully have had people who've given me this perspective um, a little while ago, so I've been able to Mm -hmm. live the last year or so, I'd say, in understanding the value of darkness and what it can do. So I know that there's been a few times where, like, like when I when I told you that I had that earth shattering balance or that life change belief I did recently, um, one of the first things I'm almost immediately after. So pretty much once I calmed down, I had this immediate feeling that I needed to like video message a friend of mine that I care about very deeply. And it was like this immediate spirit. So I just did it. And I'm sure I still had tears in my eyes and I looked like a blubbering mess. But I let them know what had just happened in my life. And first of all, no idea how it was going to impact me. No idea what I was going to do with it. Mm-hmm. But just what had happened and why I, why it hit me so hard. And it took probably four or something days, but that person messaged me back and said, thank you for sending me that to me. Because now it's, I'm realizing that that area also holds some of the same hooks as it did for you. Hmm. So it wasn't like, I'm, I mean, it didn't so much make that moment easier, but looking back going, that moment some ways tore me apart. But knowing what I know and different stuff, I was able to take the very next moment after that to share what I just went through and encourage somebody else. Yeah. Not that I really necessarily want to go do that again. <laughs> but... Um, but at the same, you know, it's not like we're searching out darkness, right? No, I'm not looking for trouble. <laughs> you know, you don't want tomorrow to be shitty. You, know, you just don't. But like, what if you know? So a lot of people, you know, a lot of people say hindsight's twenty twenty, right? And you look back and you go, "I'm so thankful, so thankful for my upbringing. It taught me this. Great. That's beautiful. If you if you're going to, like, you should start there. If you've never looked back at the darkness." And the, and the crappy times, and you've never found a reason to be thankful for it. By the way, that was... Who was it? I don't know if it was Sadhguru or somebody... Some similar teacher actually talked about how the true, the true definition, or you know you've truly forgiven somebody, is when you can be thankful for everything they did to you. Like, actually... That you've actually forgiven them. On the other side of forgiveness is thankfulness. And thankfulness for what they did to you. Anyway... So, yes, doing that and becoming the type of person that can look back and have that hindsight and go, that was amazing. But how much more powerful do you become when you, in the middle of it, you, you don't need perspective or hindsight. You have a perspective on darkness and its role in your life that says, I've got, this is an opportunity. And I've already said this, but 
it is, I was talking to Joni, my wife, oh, it must have been a few days ago, and she, there's a quote that she found from Marcus Aurelius. I'm going to butcher the quote, but it was a, basically along the lines of, if you believe you're in hell, or you think you're in hell, you will believe in your hell, and if you believe you're in hell, you will be in hell. Versus, if you don't think you're in hell, then you won't believe in you're in hell, and if you don't believe you're in hell, then you won't be in hell. And it's also the same, you know, if you've seen that meme with the donkey that's tied to a plastic chair, like, and it's like, sometimes it's all in your head, it's like, you know, this is huge, it's a, actually it's a mule, so it's a much larger than a donkey, and it's tied to a plastic chair, and it, and it's not moving, or the cat that's inside a cage with no top. Oh, well, you, you know that with elephants, that they, that they put them to little posts in the ground, just by a string? A mighty elephant, just because they've trained them since a child, that that can keep them mm. there. And so by the time they're an adult, they view that little peg in the ground tied to that string as the thing keeping them from freedom. Wow. When it's just because they've been trained since a child that this is what's keeping them down. Now, we all look at those things, and, we, and this is the same thing with hero stories. Like those, Those are amazing examples of the mind, right? And what... And we look at heroes and we go, what does it look like to, you know, if you're, you know, gladiator and you're talking about um, Maximus or you're talking about Braveheart and you're talking about all these different, I'm going to list man stories, but there's, there's other stories, right? Point being is we look at them and they go, man, or Lincoln, let's use a real one, okay. Abraham Lincoln. People look back and they go, that dude was an amazing president. He got, he did X, Y, and Z, and he largely say it kept the United States the United States. Yet, in the midst of it, they hated him so much they assassinated him, right? In the midst of it, he lost so many, I don't remember how many, he lost all of these elections and he... Every single one, I think. Yeah, I don't think he won a single election until he ran for president. And the only reason he won is because his opposing candidate was so much worse than him. <laughs> right? And so, we look at Abraham Lincoln and go, oh, he's one of the greatest U.S. presidents ever. Here's the thing, in the midst of being Abraham Lincoln, he has to have perspectives on life. He has to learn ways of looking at life to where he gets to be Abraham Lincoln when nobody else knows who the crap Abraham Lincoln even is, right? And we look at heroes and we look at the things we they did and we go, oh man, they were amazing. But I can promise you, they didn't become amazing at the end. They became amazing long before the sequence of events that made them a hero ever began. And how do you become amazing? Well, it is absolutely your outlook on life. Another story my wife was telling me as she was reading through uh, was of Thomas Edison. And when hit the Edison Labs burned down, right? It equivalents to hundred, potentially hundreds of millions of dollars of equipment and inventions and chemicals and obviously the building itself and the real estate. And when when it started to burn down, he told his son to go get all of his friends because they're never going to see a fire that looks like this again because of all the colors of the chemicals and everything, right? And in, in it, and we've all heard this famous quote about inventing the light bulb, you know, and the 999 failures. And he said, no, I haven't failed 990 times. I found... I've successfully found 999 ways not to do it. But even when his lab burned down, people were like, what are you going to do? And he said, well, this is great. We get fresh ideas to start all over. Like, we don't have to 
Yeah, because you you walk into an office and you've got all these inventions you're working on and you're kind of locked into where you're at. When it all burns up, you get a fresh new start. You get to reinvent Edison Labs from the ground up. And that's how he viewed it. Now, how do you become that type of person who, while your business, while your identity, while your, while your income is burning to the ground, you're literally saying, what an opportunity, right? You have to become that type of person requires an intentionality of not just learning lessons, but it's learning how to learn lessons. It is that. And that's where I think, Kaylee, you've done you, your insights on the mechanisms of how these lessons are learned and how, how we become the people we become are largely what, you know, for the NAC family, I'm excited for them to get to know you more and more because, yeah, I can teach a lot of people the, the lessons. Anything. <laughs> but how to learn, how to become the type of person to learn how to learn, if that makes sense. I think that made sense. I'll have I, to play it back. <laughs> I think what you're saying is, um, for me, like when you're, you're asking, it's like, how does a person take an opportunity that would have taken them to the ground? Mm-hmm. Initially, how do they take that as the, okay, now that I'm on the ground defeated, how do I get up and change? How mm-hmm. do I take this moment? And for me, a lot of it has really started with the looking back. The perspective has been everything. That's where I'd start if that was you. Um, <laughs> but I'm not, so go with best for you. But um, find those areas in your life that in some ways are the worst. And find anything that could have possibly came out of it that made you better, made something else better. I know for me, like a heartbreak then really brought about, you know, a lot of self-searching and different stuff. And then when I met my husband like a year and so later, it was like I was ready because I had already kind of had this heartache and understanding and I knew what I was looking for. So I wasn't going to play games. I wasn't. And I had unintentionally taught myself, you know, I don't want this particular pain again but I'm not going to give up the opportunity to spend my life with somebody. So what am I going to do instead? So yes, I was trying to avoid the pain, but I was doing that by learning. Right. Because that's a lot of it is even if your motivation right now is not to get hurt, take the darkness as a way to teach you how to do life better. So those situations don't hurt you. Now life will always throw something at you. But the more you learn, the more opportunities you do grab, the more darkness you let be opportunities for you, it's not going to seem so daunting. So even when you're in that state of mind of this sucks, (laughs) this is awful, this is, you can kind of go, oh, wait a second, I bet something really good is going to come out of this. And I know there's been a few times that even Austin, you've told me, like, life really sucks right now. Like, I know the payoff is going to be good, but this sucks. <laughs> um, well, and, that's, and it's, you know, it's for the joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross. Oh, yeah. Right? It's the suckiest moment, clearly, in his life. And according to the Bible, he was happy about it. Right? 
And I, and I, <laughs> I've always kind of wondered what kind of maniac was happy about going to cross. <laughs> well, and I, I mean, clearly he had gotten to the point, I believe that's what the Garden of Gethsemane was about, was and there was no doubt whether or not he was going to obey God. Right? He'd already told Judas to leave. He'd told the disciples for years that he was going to die. So obedience was never the question for Jesus. It was, it was where did he stand about it with his desire and his want and his, his, it wasn't just, oh, I'm willing to do it from obedience because obedience was an old covenant mindset and obedience does not please God. It's faith that pleases God. It's the creative capacity inside of us. So when you go through that crap unwillingly, you know, and you're like, okay, God, I'll, I'll begrudgingly drag through this bull so that I guess I can have something worth it on the other side. Right? Well, have fun with that. <laughs> you know, it's it kind of works, but not really, because I guarantee you you're missing a whole lot of lessons and you're making your entire journey miserable along the way. Or you can align yourself with what is happening and embrace it and bring it in to you and bring it in and realize, no, I don't want my life to be this forever. Whether it's disease or relational problems or financial problems or whatever, if you can embrace that darkness and have a perspective that begins to realize that it is valuable, that it is framing everything you do want, right? You know, talk about holding two energies in the same place. You know, a lot of us want to be financially free. And yet, at the same time, if you really dig down, you have a lot of identity issues around not being financially free, right? You, we, we develop habits and we develop patterns in our lives to manage our current I amness, and yet we want to change them all. And then when change shows up, we think it's darkness. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And, and that's one of the things that I always find frustrating, I guess, is that a lot of people... I do want change and a lot of people do want it and they'll pray for change and they'll ask mm. God to send them change and they'll and when it comes they they flip their lids. <laughs> I know that that like for for me like a lot of people will say something like that's not the person I married or different stuff and I'm like of course they've changed like change ah. is always inevitable. So what are you going to do with it? Like, I know there's many times, like, in places of business, well, they'll they'll change stuff. Or, hey, something as simple as Facebook will change their platform. And people <laughs> lose it. Yep. And, and like, and, but if you give, like, a person who's level-headed a week or so, they're like, oh, this makes sense. Like, this is great. Like, you can do this and this. And this is, you know, convenient. Mm -hmm. And they'll find the stuff in it that is of value. But when you're looking at it as change is hard, change is, I'm not saying change is easy, <laughs> but if you look at it as change is of value to me, change is of value to my life, in the long run, it will be for my benefit always. Life happens for me, not to me. Mm, I um, love that one. I know you do. That's why I said it. <laughs> and, and if you can get a value for it, Give it time and that value will grow into appreciation and then you'll find a joy to it. Not happiness, a joy to it. It's a less, you know, woohoo energy and it's more like, I got this. It's, it's the people that really push through working out to the point where they can enjoy actually working out because they know which will come after. Mm -hmm. 
And um, I haven't been one of those particular people, but <laughs> but there are stuff like that. It's like I've got through snowboarding, falling on my butt over and over and over again, and the pain. Now I'm on the other side where I love it. It's fun. There's not as much pain. I might fall once in a while, but right. there's that learning curve that the initial learning hurt, but the payoff is so worth it. So that is kind of our... Take. little chat on <laughs> darkness, the value of it. Hopefully, you know, um, the major takeaway, it's a bit interest. It's a bit difficult to really understand the difference between valuing darkness and as a looking back versus in the midst of it, becoming the kind of person that values it, where you become like Abraham Lincoln before we all knew who he was. You know, where you become like Edison before we all knew. You have to become the type of person who can be a hero. And I think New Age Christianity is largely a community of people who value change and want to change. And yet all of us, there's certain things we're like, oh, I wish I wish I was richer or healthier or skinnier or had all this. Just what don't I like? I've built a comfortable life, and I just don't want to make any changes. So if the money could show up without changing anything else, that would be awesome. <laughs> you know, well, look, look there's, luck. yeah, right. It's you know, I want it, I want all the change. <laughs> it's one of my favorite memes. It's just a little hand drawn meme where it's like one dude, and then a the bunch of people in a crowd, and he's like, "What do we want?" And then you know, it's like freedom. Who's going to give it to us? The government. What do we not understand? Freedom. <laughs> like, what do I want? Change. How am I going to get it? Nothing. Doing nothing. What do I not understand? Change. <laughs> you know, that change requires change. And there, in that is a lot of potential perceived darkness. Mm-hmm. But if you can embrace it and if you can become the type of person who uses that on, on purpose to grow and mature on purpose, I... Uh, you have any fart- parting words? Farting words? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. That is the farting slip of the podcast so far. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> Perfect ending right there. <laughs> well, what can I leave after that? <laughs> Your farting words were perfection. Well, with that said, we hope this episode has made you laugh and blessed you a bit and hopefully is a challenge. You away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Challenge you a bit on your uh <laughs> Challenges you a bit on your perspective of hard times in life and darkness. As always, we appreciate your time, and uh, we know you take time out of your life to listen to this, and we are honored to have you with us. Love you guys, and we'll see you on the next episode. Bye. Bye.